Hey, Manager After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. When a husband prays for his wife, he opens the gates of heaven and carries her over the threshold directly into the throne room of God. When a husband prays for his wife, he prays for himself, since they are one. When a husband prays for his wife, he lays himself down in order to raise her up. The question is, will he pray? Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, your hosts of the Marriage After God podcast. And this week's episode is brought to you by our faithful patron team, which is made up of listeners just like you who faithfully and financially support this podcast and our daily marriage prayer emails. Thank you so much to our patron team for your support and your prayers. If you've been enjoying our weekly podcast and would like to join the patron team to help support this show, please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron. All right, another Another episode. I was going to say another season. Another episode. Uh, part two. Part. This is, yeah, part two. To, to the first To part. last week's episode, which was... We're talking about prayer. How yep. to pray for your husband. How to pray for your husband. Today's how to pray for your wife. Yeah. So... But before we do that, last week we mentioned that I had a competition coming up. And you guys were working really hard, like, all month for it. Yeah, we were going for... All of us were going four days a week to the gym because it's kind of like when our when we're doing a competition the coach is like we all, I want you here four days a week to, to prep for it so we did that it's been nice that we're done with it now but what do you think of the competition well it was really cool being there and seeing other people from other gyms like participate a uh, bunch of different mats and matches going at the same time yeah they're just like back to back there's like uh, 10 different mats and all day every there's like a match going on every single mat it was pretty cool it was a lot of fun uh, me Elliot and Olive all competed and we all got medals you all got bronze we all got bronze <laughs> we're like awesome. the same yeah it was uh, very cool it was really cool um, what's even cooler than that is our, our gym we had like about 23 people from our gym um, kids and adults and all competing and every single one of them got a medal so cool most of them got golds and then we got a few silvers and we got a few bronze just fun it is pretty neat because it's one thing to like go into the gym and and train jujitsu and like work out yeah but to work for something like that and to come out you know with victory i was pretty proud of myself i was a little bummed because i i was so close to silver but it's okay <laughs> Next I'm, time. I'm, I'm happy I got a medal. You just got to do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was really interesting actually 
because our kids have never done like a competition like this. I've never done one either. They didn't seem nervous at all. No, they didn't seem nervous <laughs> at all. Uh, and but I, it was it was kind of interesting trying to like encourage them because I'm like I don't want to say. I don't care if you don't get a medal. I kind of don't, but I was like, I, yeah, I think it'd be awesome if you got a gold, but like, if you don't get, get anything, I'm just so happy you did this. Yeah. For me, it was win or lose, go have fun. <laughs> yeah. But it was like trying to encourage them to do their best, but also like, it's okay if they, yeah. you know, whatever the outcome is. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. Anyways, so are you going to do it again? Uh, <laughs> yes, but I think you're going to do the next one. So I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, you're not, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, I think you'll do awesome. It's not until I think September. So we'll see. We'll start working towards that. Um, but all Elliot and Oliver are like, yeah, we won't do the next one. We'll do the next one. We're like, okay, guys, let's <laughs> take a break for a little bit. And then we'll figure that out. It's been a fun family thing endeavor to do together. Yeah. It's, I've been loving it a lot. Something that I wanted to share is um, I had this realization. We were driving in the car and Edie, our three-year-old said, mom, mom, look at that tree has flowers all over it. And it's springtime, you know, and it was full in full bloom. It was so beautiful. I think it was like a crab apple or something like that. And there's a lot of pretty blooming trees right now. Yeah. She was just so excited and full of joy to share that moment with me as we're driving and passing by this beautiful tree. And I was just like, in my mind thinking, Wow, Lord, thank you that I have kids that want to engage with me and draw me in and pull me in. And she's not the only one that's been doing it. I've noticed in different ways and in different moments, all the kids take turns without knowing it. And they say, hey, mom, and they'll share something with me, something that they think I'll like or something that they'll think I'm interested in. And they share it with me. And it's I think almost it's like really it's a, cool. A new, I've been noticing it too. It's like a new level of, of uh, relationship. Yeah. Like they know me and it's mm -hmm. very specific to me. Yeah. Things that you would like. That I would like. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's really cool. I think it's cool that you recognize that. That's really beautiful. I, I was trying to like, not, there's nothing to figure out, but I was thinking, is it because I've poured like intentional time into my relationship with them? And am I that way where I seek opportunity to show them and share with them and mm -hmm. engage with them in that way? And they're, they've learned it or is it just a way that kids are like all kids are I like that. I think or? it's both. I think they, they saw it like you, you have, you're very inviting. Mm -hmm. You always want to show them something, experience something with them. And so I think they, they want, they reciprocate. And I think it's also in their hearts. Like, yeah. like they, they love us and they, they're, they're learning a new, new level of relationship with us. It's so cool. It's like it manifesting me, in this way. Yeah. It reminded me of an episode we did a while back about, um, the art of sharing and how in marriage oh, yeah, was, we can find things that we like yeah, a handful episodes ago about each other and, and know about each other and take the initiative and interest in that thing. Because like, if you like something, mm -hmm. then I can find something to like about it. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That was really cool. So it just made me think in parenting, we can have the same sort of layer of relationship. Yeah. A little, a little tip for all of us, something I've been, I try and do with, so like Elliot, he, he does this like alone time where he just plays by himself and he's very imaginative and, um, he calls it his one by six time and he's just, he's imagining and he's, he's playing out a story in his head and kind of out, outside of his, himself, but. And it's a one by six time because it's a, a one by six Lego. It's a Lego that he, he uses as his, his, I don't know what you call like a totem. Like it's, it, it, he, he imagines that thing as. To be what, a bunch of different things. Yeah. Whatever is he's imagining. Um, and I'll come out and be like, so what's the story? Yeah. And I'll, I'll try. He gets embarrassed when I ask him, but <laughs> I try and ask him like, I want to know what's going on. I'm like, and I'll, 
I'll assume maybe it's a game he was watching or a movie he saw or something he just heard about because he likes to take those things that he's take him further. Yeah. And take him further in, the, in his own story in his head. But I try and ask him like, Hey, what's, what is that about? I want to know what's going on. He kind of invites me into that. <laughs> but it's like a special time. So that's cool. Well, we're in uh episode or part two of praying for your spouse. Last week we talked about pay, praying, how to pray for your, your husband. Hold so, on a second. You good. When you were ta- talking about Elliot's one by six time, didn't you start by saying you're going to give a little tip or something? Oh yeah. Was that, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, that, what I was getting at is, is asking like, Hey, what, what's oh. that about? Like I was trying to, I was trying to embed myself in his little moment. Got you. Yeah. It's because he, he may not just draw me into it cause he's doing his own thing. But inserting yourself. And yeah. I was like, Hey, what, what, you, what's, what are you imagining? What, what are you playing right now what's okay, the story who are the characters i try and ask him after we moved on i felt unresolved yeah, thank you I, <laughs> I forgot to tie in okay. the part about the tip okay but back to the main subject uh, the important stuff part two of this this series about praying um, this episode's about praying for your wife so this is geared towards the husbands and this um the importance of a husband praying for his wife cool yeah. So I thought about, I mean, we kind of mentioned this last episode and we always, we always kind of mention this because I don't think we can get enough of just reiterating what it means to pray, why we pray. Yeah. And so I wanted to start off with just understanding the role of prayer in the believer's life. Um, you know, the importance of prayer in our, in our faith mm-hmm. as, as Christians, as people who love God, who follow God, who believe in his son, Jesus, who read his word. Like we, we, we love God. So prayer has a, has a role in our lives. Um, as we always say, it's not simply asking God for things, although that's a part of it, like, you know, coming to him with our requests, but I thought we can look at some scriptures about what the role of prayer is in the believer's life. So why don't you start with the first one? The first one's communication. It's the gift of communication and communion with God. Um, prayer is the primary means by which we communicate with him. And Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so there's this, this, mm. um, stepping into his presence and sharing yourself with him. Yeah. I look at that word, everything, mm-hmm. but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So it's, it's communication, it's requesting and it's thanksgiving, uh, this is, this is how we communicate with God. We go directly to him. We talked about it last episode that we no longer need a high priest, that, you know, someone in a temple somewhere. We have Christ mm-hmm. as our, the only mediator between God and man. And because of him, we have direct access to the father and we can go boldly to him. And so, yeah. Do you feel say? like it's hard for some people to see it that way? Because like, we don't hear God's audible voice responding in that moment, like a conversation. What would be, what would be the encouragement to them in how to practically sit and meditate in prayer without Mm -hmm. that aspect? Uh, Well, I think one of God's main, I mean, we we learned this, I I think it's in uh, Hebrews chapter one, that we have his word as his main means of communicating to us. Mm -hmm. It used to be by prophets and it used to be by other means. Uh, but now he has communicated, it says he, he's spoken to us through his son and his, and the Bible tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and it dwelt among man. So do you think that prayer and reading the word should be something done in tandem, like together? 
Yeah, I think they're connected. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also, I, I was mentioning to the guys this morning, I was emphasizing the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the, it's the spirit of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, it's a person of, of the Holy Trinity living inside of us. And the spirit of God does speak to us. Mm-hmm. We may not hear an audible voice. We may not hear, I mean, some people have, but he uses his word to speak to us. He brings to remembrance things that he, that his word says, and he's never going to lead us to go contrary to his word. So I do like, even if you're not, if you're praying and not necessarily reading the word, I believe the Holy Spirit does speak to us and brings recalls in our minds, brings to remembrance, brings to the, in front of our faces, what God has already said. And he may say it in various ways, but he says what God says to us. So, so we need to be open to the ways that he is speaking to us and, and being more sensitive to it, Mm -hmm. listening, hearing what God is saying. But yeah, so prayer is our main, it's our main mode of communicating with God. And in doing so, we, it stops us to be with him and hear from him. So, so prayer is not just our mouths moving, but also our ears engaging. It's our spiritual our, ears, our spiritual yeah. eyes, our, our spiritual mouths. Yeah. Our, you know, prayer but to be still yeah. and to be silent and to be quiet. Those are all parts of prayer. Yep. Okay. And uh, the next part, uh, the next role of prayer purpose of prayers is dependence on God, which kind of is what we were just talking about. Uh, it demonstrates our dependence on God for all things. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lead on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So, I, Sorry, ahead. no, you go. I was just say recognizing, acknowledging, that's what that means, acknowledge, like, oh, this is the truth and I'm going to receive that, mm-hmm. that we need him and he makes our, our, stri- our path straight. I was just, I got this picture when you said the word dependence, I saw my daily life. I have five kids and we homeschool. And so I'm just home with them a lot. And so I have a lot of little people coming to me constantly, mom, 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 I need this. Hey mom, what do you think about this? Hey mom, did you know? Da, da, da. And, or, ah. <laughs> or just screaming. and as you said, the word dependence, I just realized how, how dependent children are upon their parents for mm time, attention, wisdom, safety, safety, provision, like everything, everything all the time. It's 24 seven. Um, I joke with my, my friends that, you know, we only hear probably 10% of our conversations because we're constantly getting interrupted just with how many kids we have and, um, trying to, trying to talk when we're also spending time together with our kids. Um, anyways, that dependence of Mm -hmm. a child to their parent reminded me of our dependence on God and how it should be. This leads perfectly into this next verse about just illustrating this beautiful picture of, of acknowledging our dependence Mm -hmm. on Christ. It's second Corinthians 12, eight through 10. This is, this is Paul. And he's, it says three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. And he's talking about this thorn in his side. He doesn't, he doesn't say what it is, but he says, I have this thorn in my side. The Lord gave me one, but he said to me, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So it starts off with this. There's this thorn. There's this thing that's like, God, I need you to remove this. I need your help. And his, in God's responses, 
I am enough for you. Mm. <laughs> my grace is sufficient. Whether I take that thing away or not, my grace is sufficient. And so it, th- this is what Christ wants is this is what prayer does is it leads us to a place of like, Oh, I need to be dependent on you. Like you're not going to necessarily take away this thing. This thing has to be here, but I have you. Thank mm. you. And moving on towards the end of that verse, it's like, and regardless of that thing, there's also going to be this thing and that thing. Mm-hmm. And this thing. <laughs> there's always going to be yeah. something hard that we're going through or facing. And I like Paul's attitude towards the end of like accepting it. <laughs> yeah. When I'm weak, I'm strong because yeah. in my weakness, I can go, I can rely on the strength of Christ. Yeah. The next one is uh, seeking God's will. The next Mm -hmm. uh, purpose of prayer. Mm -hmm. So through prayer, we seek God's will and guidance. And we, part of that dependence is relying on him to lead us and to help us navigate, whether it's a circumstance or Mm -hmm. just life. Well, I'm believing he will. Yeah. Right. That, which goes to this next verse. Uh, James one five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Yeah. And there's a, the, the, um, the next verse after this actually says, but let him not doubt for if he doubts, he's like a wave tossed to and fro. Yeah. And that person Double shouldn't minded. request, shouldn't accept it or shouldn't, uh, shouldn't expect, I mean to say is anything from God mm-hmm. because they, they're not believing. So yeah, it goes back to this idea that we, we believe he's going to help us. We believe he's going to give us wisdom. This is a personal part of prayer that I really love is that, Obviously, like I have a will and I have things and desires that I want a certain way. But when I go to God in prayer, I, I share those things with him, but I'm also willing to submit myself in humbleness and say, but not my will yours. Like I want you Mm -hmm. and in, in that moment, but also over time, he molds me and he shapes me and he, and he guides me to align with his will. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, the next role of prayer in the believer's life is confession and repentance. Again, we brought this up last time also, but it's it's important. Prayer is the means by which we confess. It's our, you know, it's it's our way of, God already knows, and he's also already forgiven us. But us coming to him and saying, oh, I messed up. It's a recognition <laughs> of your sin. Yeah, it's it's humility, like yeah. we talked about. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. And he's just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we should do that. We should be practicers of repentance. What's the next one? Intercession. We are called to pray for others and intercede for them on their behalf. First uh, Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And... I would say, especially marriage Mm -hmm. to be able to intercede for each other is a gift. And, um, I don't know. I've really enjoyed the opportunities that we've had in marriage to pray for one another and to intercede for one another. And like you've prayed for me and over our marriage, especially in times when I felt like I couldn't or Mm -hmm. was really struggling with something and you, you stepped in and you interceded and that feels good. I immediately had a, a, a memory of a movie we saw a long time ago. It was called Hacksaw Ridge. I think that was what it was called about a soldier who didn't want to fight, like didn't believe in shooting. And he climbed up a, a, a ridge to go save 
a bunch of soldiers and he like brought one at a time back. And these are soldiers that couldn't do it. They were injured. They were wounded. There were uh, some dead and he brings them all back and he does and he survives. And I was just thinking, like you said, even when those times you couldn't, it's like that soldier of, of lifting up mm. and taking and doing what you couldn't do in that moment. And Which is what Jesus does for us. <laughs> exactly. We're going to get, we're going to talk about intercession a little bit more because it's, it's powerful, this idea. Um, but two, two more in this um, section, expressing gratitude. So our, our, the, one of the roles of prayer is to ex- express gratitude. We just read it earlier about Thanksgiving, but first Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. We talked it, we brought it up last time, but it's, it's so important to remember like what the will of one of the, this is one of the wills of God is that we give thanks. This, if you want to like, Oh, it's got the will for my life that you're thankful. <laughs> so I love how you said earlier, how God speaks through his word. And so if I was praying, God, I want your will to be done in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I go and read this. It's like, he shows you, Yeah, <laughs> he answers your prayer. And you're like, Oh, I haven't been thankful. I've been discontent. I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been unthankful, you know? Um, and then the last one, why don't you read that? Uh, spiritual warfare. Prayer is a key part of spiritual warfare as believers can pray for God's protection and strength against spiritual forces. Yeah. If we don't believe that there's a spiritual realm, then we're missing something because we're, we're praying to God in the spirit. And there we, we know about the devil. We know about the, the Bible talks about the spiritual realm and it'd be foolish for us to pretend that it doesn't exist as believers, but we're not responsible just to take it on, on our own. We pray to God. Mm-hmm. We go to him and we trust him for it. Ephesians six eighteen, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. There it is, that intercession again. Yeah. So we're in- interceding for the saints. We're praying that they remain vi- vigilant, diligent, aware, that we pres- per- persevere, uh, that we're prepared, uh, all these things. And so prayer, These. this is just a little synopsis of why prayer is important for yeah. believers. It's good. So let's move on to this next section. Um, remember I said we were going to talk about interceding a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an for the, for men. Okay. Cause we're very, we were, we were talking also about this this morning. We're very task oriented. Like it's, it's when we like want to do something for you, it's tasks. It's like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And so it's sometimes harder for us to jump into emotional things. We can it's not impossible, um, but we were task oriented. So, for the for the husbands interceding, this is a this is a mentality of of what we are as as warriors, as protectors, as as someone who's going to stand up and do something for their spouse, for their wife. Um, and this concept of intercessory, if you've never heard of about this intercession, all it means is doing something on behalf of someone else. So like you brought up earlier, Jennifer, like there's even times that I feel like I couldn't like I'm, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it for you. I'm, I'm doing, I'm interceding for you. I'm doing it on your behalf. Lord, she, she doesn't know how to communicate right now. I pray that she would just know that you love her. I mm-hmm. pray that she would know that you're with her. I pray that she would have peace right now. Like that's something that you could have prayed for yourself, but in the moment couldn't just weren't able to, weren't willing to whatever it was. I can I can do that thing for you whenever I want, mm-hmm. as often as I want. Um, and 
So husbands are called to spiritually lead, covering their wives. This is one way to do that, leading in prayer, leading in in being someone who's like I, that quote in the beginning that I shared um, about carrying you into the throne room of God. I'm not physically doing it. I'm doing it spiritually. This is the idea of intercession. And so I wanted to look at the ultimate intercessor, Jesus. So Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, it says, Simon, Simon, this is Jesus talking to one of his closest and loved disciples, Peter. His name's Simon also. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. So Jesus knows, like, oh, the devil, Satan, he, he wants you. He's coming for you. He wants to trick you. He wants to deceive you. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And, and I love this. He not only prays that he won't fail this test that's a coming that the enemy's bringing to him. He says, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Mm. So not only does he know how he's going to respond, that he is going to have, quote unquote, a failure, three of them. He's going to deny him three times. He even tells him, you're going to deny me three times. Mm-hmm. Just just after this verse, Peter's like, no, I'm going to go to prison with you. He's like, no, you're going to deny me three times, even before morning. And so he knows all of this, but it says, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. And this is a just a good example, which we're going to do more of this. We're going to give examples of how Jesus prayed for his bride later. Um, but... Sometimes I I've, I feel like, oh, I'm not going to, why would I pray that they're not going to change? Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought that? Um, I, yeah. It, in the exhaustion of I've prayed so many times and I haven't seen change or mm-hmm. yeah, there's a sort of giving up almost of like, well, must not work. Yeah. You're not, yeah. Is he, it's a lack of faith. Yeah. It's a lack of faith, but Jesus had faith in Peter. Jesus also knew what Peter was going to do. And Jesus also prayed for him which is another encouragement of like, we can pray for our wives mm-hmm. regardless if we see the fruit of it right away, regardless if we think that they're going to do the opposite of what we're praying for. If there's a, if there's change we're, we're praying for, if there's, if we want them to have peace and, and comfort and, and joy and they can't have joy or they haven't had it, or we can pray and trust that the Holy Spirit's going to move mm-hmm. and work. And then we can keep praying um, and I just, I love that Jesus did that. But what's awesome is he says that you may not fail his faith. And so we know the story, even though he denied Jesus three times, I don't think that his prayer, just as a little side note, I don't think Jesus was praying that Peter wouldn't deny him three times. It says that Satan has demanded you that you might, that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So they came and in the midst of his fear and his, and these anxieties and this turmoil, he says, Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him. Right. But what happened when Jesus came back to him and he said, Peter, do you love me? So the, and if you want to do a little study at one point, you should contrast this, this scenario with Peter and with Judas. Peter's faith didn't fail. He failed. He denied and, but he came back. Mm -hmm. He kept believing. He never stopped. 
And so it says, when you have turned again, when you've turned your face back to me, when you've, when you've recognized your sin, when mm-hmm. you listened to the Holy Spirit, when you, and it says in that moment, he recognized what he did and he was ashamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew it right then. So I, there's something really cool about that, but that's, that's a little cool. side note. So why don't you uh, go into the next section? I just know how to transition. Well, so I know I'm talking a lot. In this episode, no, it's good. But um, I think I'm I'm trying to talk to the men, so I think it's okay. Um, also, uh, not that it's not common that I don't talk because <laughs> yeah, I, I do talk a lot. There have been a couple of times you've mentioned when I talked to the guys this morning, or we were talking about you. I just want to make a note: you uh, do a men's group once um, a week yep. in the middle of the week, and you guys meet together, chat, pray. These are men from our church. Yeah. For, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. We're what going, you were yeah, we're going about. through Hebrews, and then we get into really interesting conversations on on, on subjects. And cool. So that'd be an encouragement for all you do, guys who are listening. You know, yeah, get into a, a guys group. Go read the Bible with each other. And like talk you don't really it. need an agenda, right? You just no. We we actually the first like hour we're just talking about our like what's going on in our cool. lives, and then we we get into the Word and we talk about what this what it's saying and what it means and how it ties to other scripture. Builds up that camaraderie. Yeah. Okay, sorry, that was a All total right. side note. Keep going. <laughs> so the next part is this idea of the biblical mandate to love and respect your wife, to love and honor your spouse, your wife, husbands. Um, so this command, so it's not a command to husbands pray for your wives necessarily, but if you read Ephesians 5, 25, it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So if we look at how Christ loved. Yes. So we can take, we can yeah. extrapolate from this that one of the things that Christ did for the church was pray, was pray for it, mm-hmm. pray for her. And so we, you can see this in, in John chapter 17, it's called the high priestly prayer. You should go read it. But in this prayer, he prays for many things for his church. He's praying for his disciples. And then he's also praying for the, for the, all that would believe through the, the testimony that the disciples give. So all of us Christians, you listener and me, you know, speaking who read the word of God and we, and we read this, he's, he is t- praying for his disciples, but then he, he goes on and he expands and he says, and I also pray for all who will believe in their testimony, mm-hmm. which is us. So as the bride, we can look to the groom. We can look to the, to the son of God, we can look to Jesus and say, well, how did he pray for his bride? And I think we can pull some stuff from that men, husbands. Uh, so here's a few of those things. First he prayed. You can read this in John chapter 17 verses 21 through 23. He prayed for unity and not just unity of the followers between each other, but unity with Christ just as Christ is unified with God, just as God is unified with Christ, that we would be unified with each other and with him. So unity, I mean, what is marriage? It's the... Being united. Union. Yeah, yeah. union of a husband and wife. Yeah, becoming one. Yeah. That's what the Bible teaches, that when a husband a husband and wife become one, husband therefore a husband leaves his you know, parents and they become one. We, we're unified. So a husband, we could be praying just like Jesus did for his church, for our unity in our marriages. Mm-hmm. This is a great thing that we should be, that will refocus us when we're having turmoil, when we're in a, a, a disagreement, an argument. 
Oh, well, if you th- we're on the same team. <laughs> if you think about how Jesus told Peter that the enemy wanted you, like mm-hmm. when I think about marriages, I feel like the enemy just wants to tear us apart. He sees yeah. the unity and he just wants to separate, separate, separate. Yeah. And if the, just like, just like, you know, wolves will go and take the weakest one that's tagging, you know, you know, tagging or what I think the word lagging behind yeah. the pack like that. That's what, that's what the enemy wants to do. He's seeking to, he's like, Oh, I want to pull this apart because mm-hmm. we're stronger together. So praying for unity. Next thing he prayed for was protection. We kind of talked about this earlier with prayer, like what, a, you know, protection. Jesus prays for his followers protection because he knows not only what they're immediately about to go through these, these disciples of his. Mm-hmm. And also if you read in acts, the immediate turmoil and persecution that's going to happen in the, the first century church. Like right when the church is forming, there's persecution yeah. and scattering and destruction. So he, he knows what's about to take place immediately, but he also prays that they're kept from the evil one temptation, um, you know, protection physically, emotionally, spiritually, that we can be praying for our spouse like, Men- mentally from lies, mentally, yeah, believing lies. Like, I, I don't know how often my prayer life has been geared around, like praying for you to believe truth, because yeah. when you're going through uh, just the hormones, I mean, different pregnancies and all the things I'm sure many of the women can understand, like, like those hormones are pretty powerful yeah, and they can make you feel lots of ways and think certain things and believe certain things. And a lot of my prayers have been praying that you wouldn't be deceived, praying that you would believe the truth, praying that you would remember, you know, this truth over what you currently feel. And that's a, that's what husbands should be doing because you're going to go through those kinds of things. <laughs> and just for clarification, we're not lumping all of that under the umbrella of the hormones made me do it. Oh, no, <laughs> you, no. You were just attributing yeah. to some of the That's one changes season. you've seen in yeah. me. Yeah. But there's been other reasons too that I've struggled with doubt or insecurities or, you know, believing lies. And so we, that's something that Jesus prayed for his church. And to be honest, we should be praying for the church that the church doesn't be deceived by sin, yeah. by the enemy, by false teaching, that we can stand strong, that we can decipher truth from lies. Mm-hmm. And then we should be praying for our wives, protection over their hearts and minds. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. So another one, Jesus prayed for the sanctification of the church. How would you simplify that? So <laughs> sanctification is the process of becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. This happens in many, many ways. God's a genius in how he does all this and he orchestrates everything. And when it says that he, he, uh, he takes, he uses all things for the, for our good. Mm-hmm. Like he does. As long as we're believing in him, as long as we're following him, all those things get used for our good. And so sanctifying our praying for the sanctification of our wife, you know, it's something that they should be praying for us too, of course, but praying that they are growing to become more like Christ that they Which are, happens through reading his word and understanding it. And believing it. And, and then, believing it. And then practicing it and being held accountable when we when we walk contrary to it. Um, but that's that's a part of it, it's just praying for the sanctification of, of our wives, just like Jesus prayed for his church. Um here's some other ones. Two more. Of course, this is not the extensive list. You should go read. No, but it's cool how you broke it down like this. I really like it. So praying for joy. 
Jesus prayed for joy for his followers, desiring that they would desiring that they would be fill, full with a full measure of his joy within them. Mm. Uh, the, the Bible also tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So praying that you be filled with joy. I mean, I know how I there's very there's many times that I'm not joyful. I like you came home tonight. I was a little perturbed. I had a it wasn't a horrible night, but I was not in a, I was in a stinky mood. Like I'm, there's times I don't have joy mm-hmm. and I just, and I, and I feel weak and I, so you're the same way, right? No, never. You're always per- joyful. <laughs> <laughs> no, be pray, praying for joy. Like not only does, if you have joy, you're going to have more strength because it's, it's God's joy and that's your strength, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have more peace and you're going to be lighter and you're going to be like your days will be better. So praying for your wife, praying for joy for them. Amazing. The amazing thing about this, we kind of talked about this on this, the first part of this with praying for your husband, but how these types of prayers change us. Yeah. Right. So me praying that you'd be more joyful and then me Makes coming out and, be, and having think, an attitude with mm, you yeah. is not going to help you have joy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that, so me praying that for you is going to, is going to affect you, affect me and be like, Oh, I should be lighter mm-hmm. right now because my wife seems, maybe she feels heavy for some reason, or maybe she's had a hard day. Mm. I could be, I could participate in that joy growing yeah. or joy planting, whatever, whatever Cultivating. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's cool. So all of these. And then the last one is Jesus prayed for his church to have his mission in mind, to have his purpose in mind. And so we could be praying for our wives for their roles and their influence in the world, whether that's their workplace, communities, most importantly, their family and children. Mm-hmm. Like praying how you're in, how you influence those around you. That we have the right perspective of yeah. what it is that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd shine as lights for Christ. That's cool. Wherever you're at. So those are a handful of things. Of course, that's not the only list of things to be praying for your wife. But I just thought it'd be really cool to look at, like I said, the, the ultimate intercessor, the one who currently prays for us at the right hand of God, who prayed for us in John chapter 17 and taught us to pray in in the Gospels. I love how you uh, highlighted his example of him praying for the church and broke it down how a husband can pray for his wife. I just think that's really beautiful. And personally, like I just... I'm really grateful for you and your willingness to pray over me and for our marriage and all these years, like pouring into prayer for us has been, um, a a large part of our foundation in our marriage that has Mm -hmm. kept us strong. And it's also been a really huge comfort for me. Like when I know that you're willing to pray out loud to God about me or about us and I get to hear it it's comforting because, mm-hmm. and it, it helps me build trust in you. Cause I know that you're submitting yourself to him, but you're also looking out for me. And it's this really cool picture of the unity of us three, you, me and God. Mm. And so I just wanted to share that. Cause I think it would, I hope it encourages you husbands to have the courage to pray for your wife, pray out loud for her, pray without ceasing for her and know that, um, any little bit of prayer for her, for your marriage uh, is a comfort. It builds trust. It builds, um, it cultivates love mm-hmm. and 
it's really beautiful. It's powerful. Thank you. That's, that's good. Yeah. I want to share, um, one more thing. Uh, there's been times in our marriage that, so, well, first of all, I don't, I, I don't pray all the time and every about everything. Like there's seasons that I'm, I'm much more loose on it. And then there's seasons I'm like, Oh man, I need to be back into praying for, I just want all the men to know that it's not like I've, <laughs> I've got the perfect prayer life with you, but it is definitely something that we've been consistent in just in general over the years. Um, but one thing that I, I wanted to bring up to the guys, the husbands that are listening is there's been times that I see something and I'm sure, and you've been this like, Oh, like I, that's something Lord that I I'd love to see changed in my wife. Like going back to sanctification, going back to mission minded, going back to all these different types of things. Doesn't necessarily mean it was like something sinful, but it's like, Hey, this is something I, I'd love for her to grow in just like we all do. And I practiced not even saying anything to you, not coming to me like, I want you to change in this area. I want this to change. I want that to change. But just starting to pray about it privately, just constantly like what, like when it comes to mind, Oh Lord, that is something I've been praying for. Hey Lord, would you help my wife in this area? Would you encourage my wife with this? Would you remind her of this? Would you, if there's something holding her back from this and so many times that I've done that, I never had to say anything. <laughs> Not that it, like magically you change, but like something happens. Holy spirit is speaking to you and those private prayers I see answered in your life. It's really cool. And I just want to encourage the men that these are things that we could be doing is like we can be going to our prayer closet. We could, it could be something that's on our hearts and minds and without ever having to say something, trying to control the situation, trying to manufacture transformation. Right. Instead we can go to the Lord and truly genuinely seek his will for you. And so like whatever that specific thing is that you want to pray about, either God will change your heart on the, on the matter or will reveal to you his answer on it Mm -hmm. in another way. That's good. So like I said, I don't want to make it sound like this is a magic trick to, to change your wife. However you want. It doesn't work that way. That's not what prayer is. We're talking to to God, (laughs) but we can go privately to him and we can pray for things that are on our hearts. And maybe there's a moment that God wants us to share it out loud mm-hmm. and maybe not. Maybe we keep it to ourselves and we just keep praying and we, and we watch God work and trust that he will. That's so good. Um, our resources that we wrote for you guys, 31 prayers for my wife and 31 prayers for my husband. The subtitle is seeing God move in her heart and seeing God move in his heart. And what I love about that is as you start to pray for mm-hmm. your spouse, you do start to see God move in your heart, in their heart. And I think it's because as you're praying for specific things, your eyes are opened to seeing those things and seeing how God's moving in their lives. You're, you're on the lookout. You're on the lookout. You're made aware. Yeah. And so I just wanted to bring that up as an encouragement. If you guys feel like you need a resource, something to, um, be a catalyst for your prayer life, or, you know, you just feel like, I don't know where to start. They're so easy. It's one page and you just, it, there's 31 topics, uh, that you can pray for your spouse. Mm-hmm. All and you need. 
And then there's also journal pages so you can write out either prayer answers yeah. or your own prayer it's, uh, itself. And you can get those at shop.marriageaftergod.com. Yep. Well, that concludes our episode. Cool. Um, so why don't you share the growth spurt and then pray for us? So every, uh, at the end of every episode, we just share a growth spurt, something to challenge you with that, um, helps you helps your marriage. Um, and this month for the month of May, we're doing warm up from winter with a workout. And so go do something active with your spouse. Um, it could be something as simple as a walk or a run or, or a marathon if you wanted to do that. Um, but there's so many different types of classes available or a bike ride. I mean, there's just the, the yeah. list is endless. Kayaking, I'm sure water's starting to warm up by now. <laughs> yep, you can just go play. Oh, wait, wait, did you mention pickleball? Oh, I love pickleball. I think yeah. we mentioned that last week. Or the step boards. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, we we did a church at the park. Oh, yeah, we, that was we, really, we did volleyball. That was yeah. so much fun. Volleyball's awesome. That was great. So anyways, warm up with a workout with your spouse. <laughs> All right, why don't you pray for us? Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you for allowing us to come to you in prayer and share our hearts with you, our concerns, our fears, and our praises. We pray we would grow in how we pray, and we ask you to help us to pray more often. Increase our faith. We pray we would lay aside our pride and make time to pray for one another in marriage. We pray we would intercede for each other and love each other by lifting up our needs to you in prayer. We pray that prayer would be such a normal part of our lives that we never skip a day of it. May you be glorified in us and through us and through our marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Marriage After God friends, thank you for your continued faithfulness in listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. 
Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com.